I, I'm just feeling so good. And I'll I, I tell you what I do. One of the things I do, and I hope y'all don't get tired. I'm going to let y'all sit down. But I thank God because every time I, every time I pray, and I'm praying for my wife, the first thing I do in praying for her is to give God thanks that God had put a Sylvia Ann Higgins into my life. Amen. She's been my North Star. When I get off, I can look to her. She's my North Star. And I thank God for her. She, I mean, you're talking about a woman that enriches your life. I wish every man could find one like I got. But, you know, if you can't find one like that, just take the one you got and build her into something. But this, when I go, when I go into prayer, when I, when I go into prayer for her, because, you know, when you start going, the stuff start happening to you, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be praying to God for her, the first thing I do, I just say, God, I thank you that you put my wife in my life. And I can't even imagine my life. I thought I loved her back there when I was 19 years old. But after 47 years, my love for her is growing. My admiration for her is growing more and more. Until now, our souls are inseparable. And I thank God for this woman of God who stood in the gap and took care of my children and nourished them, raised them to be God-fearing children so that if they got in trouble, they, got, they can always come home. Now, we're going to whip them. We're going to send them back out. But they can always come home. So now, she being my North Star has become the North Star for the family because of where mama is is home. Regardless of where it is, it's home. I could not, if I had been a billionaire, my life could not have been any more richer than what it has been and the joy that this woman had brought to this life and to the redeemed assembly of Jesus Christ. Y'all need to appreciate this woman of God. Give God a hand for her. So, it ain't the, it ain't the houses and all the other kind of stuff. Because you can always lose them and get another one. Matter of fact, the one I'm in now, that's my fourth house that I built from the ground up. But she's been there. That's the thing that have made the difference. Amen. We thank God for that. Let me get back to the scripture before I get to crying up here. Because see, you see, when you get to your birthdays, those are things I think, you know, that make you kind of look back and evaluate your life and find out why have I lived? What is the quality of my life? Now, y'all youngsters, y'all don't know nothing about that. But, you know, when you get past 50, you kind of look back a little bit. Some of y'all are 25 looking back. But, <laughs> but you kind of look, start looking back and you start, start being able to appreciate life. And if today was my last, if today was my last day, I can say my, I have lived a fulfilled, happy life. 
I thank God for that. Do that mean it's been absent of trouble? No. I've had my share of trouble. But my North Star was there. Thank God for her. I could go home and if, and if I don't looking right, she said, what's wrong with you? Because you see, when I get in the house, I ain't Bishop. James? She, I'm James at home. But I thank God for her being there with me. Let's read the scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 uh, through and including 14. Not as though I had already obtained either was already perfect, but I follow after, after that I may be apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brothering, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this people. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the praise that have gone up, the testimonies we, that have been shared with us. Bless us now, Lord, and let the word come alive in our hearts. Let it come alive in our hearts now. And let us leave this place charged, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to just talk a little bit today, amen, about looking forward, looking forward. The Lord impressed them on my heart the other week, and it's been in my mind how that we are missing out so much because we are looking backward. We are, we are missing out on the things that are important places that we could be, the accomplishment that we could accomplish simply because we are looking backwards. Paul here, uh, in this particular verses five and six, he looks backward at his life. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as, as to the law, a Pharisee, verse 6, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. As Paul looks at his life in the past, it is easy to see he had a glorious past. Paul was not an ordinary man. Uh, not too many of us can look in our past and see the accomplishment that this great apostle had. He was an educated man. He studied at the feet of Gomelia, so you could actually call him Dr. Paul because he had studied there. He also traced his ancestry back to Benjamin, was out of the tribe of Benjamin, was derived, amen, the king, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was a man of high religious uh, position. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He wasn't a slouch. Amen. When he did it, he did it right. Despite his enthusiastic past, Paul says that he had a zeal for God. 
He said, this zeal that I had, he said, I persecuted the saints. He said, I wasn't in that thing. I believed that the Jewish religion was the right one. And anybody I called, found calling on the name of Jesus, I just whipped them up and put them in jail. And Paul says, I had a zeal for the house of God. He says, uh, he speaks a man who, of a person who had a past that he could be proud of. And he started thinking about the years that he had had. And he says, my years have been filled. He said, I'm not talking about uh, I live counting the years. I lived filling my years. And I want to say to you, doesn't matter how long you live, but if your years are, if your years are empty, it don't mean very much. You need to take the time to fill your years with something that's worthwhile. Don't be counting, amen, every time your birthday, well, well, I'm one more year old, what have you done last year? What have you accomplished? So we need to fill our years. And this apostle, he filled his years. But not only did Paul look back at his life, but Paul also looked within his life. We need to take the time to look within our lives. Where am I? What am I doing? What accomplishment? What am I doing right now in Christ Jesus? Paul discovered within himself, which most of us can't come to acknowledge, Paul discovered when he looked in himself was, I'm still having problems with Paul. I wonder how many of y'all looking in y'all life and say, I'm still having, I'm going to give y'all a little while here to confess, to confess up. I'm not talking about the problem you're having with the people that you've been blaming. I wonder how many of y'all in here are still having problems with you. I'm still having problems with James. Now, you can call your name and tell, just tell the truth. I, I'm not going to read nobody's lips. But, but every now and then, you need to tell the truth. Uh, the people you've been blaming ain't your problem. Did y'all hear what I said? The people you've been blaming ain't your problem. And I wonder if y'all can just confess right now. Let me turn my back while y'all confess. You call your own name. I say, I'm still having problems, whatever your name is. Go ahead. Now, now you know what? That's liberating when you can know. Because the easiest thing in the world for you to do is sit around and blame other people. Amen. I mean, that's easy to do. But when you can come and look within yourself and say, I'm still having problems with me. I'm still having problems with James. So that means now what I'm going to do, I'm going to spend my time not trying to get you straight. I'm going to spend some time trying to get me straight. Because when I look in myself, I see the real me. See, you see me with my clothes on, but I see myself naked. When I say naked, I mean I see myself without flesh. I see who my being is. I see who my character is. And I'm not, I'm not one of those things that I can fall out laughing at my own self. Because when I think about what has been invested in me, I got to realize, amen, that uh, what I have produced from what has been given me is very null. And he says, when I look at myself, he said, what things was gained of me? When I look at what I, at myself comparing to God, I want you to think about yourself. What have I gained? Think about yourself. What have I gained? I want you to ask yourself that question. Don't be asking me. Don't be looking, counting my stuff up. I want you to look at your own stuff and count your own stuff up. What have I gained? 
am I fascinated over what could be taken from me? So don't build yourself around stuff. Stuff will leave you. Amen. And even if you acquire the amount of money that you want, ain't no Brinks truck going to follow you to your grave. Because you came into this world naked. And you're going out of this world naked. But it, it, it depends upon what am I accumulating in the world to come. Now, now you, can, you can go and look at your, uh, your, your, your uh, bank statements. You can look at your, uh, your, your value statement. Uh, you can, your balance statement. You can look at those kind of things and say, I got X amount of dollars in this bank. And you might got six banks with money in it if you're so blessed. And, and you say, I got money in these banks. And you go in your closet and throw it open. You got some more clothes in there that you can wear in a month. But all of that stuff don't mean nothing if you have not accumulated something in the world to come. Because let me tell you what, when you die, they're going to bury you in one suit or one dress. All the rest of them, somebody's going to fight over them. Amen. They're going to bury you as cheap as they can. And then the family going to fight over the money that's left. Yeah, they love you all right, but amen. Let me tell you what, you can try to build monument to yourself. Your family might remember you, but after a while, who going to know? Amen. Martin Luther King was on everybody's tongue at one time, and now he might come across your mind every now and then. Oh, y'all understand what I'm saying? And this man did a tremendous sacrifice for us. But, but there is a God that will remember everything you've done. And what I want us to do is start putting value what value belongs. I'm not giving this life to buy a car and that's all. I'm not giving this life to accumulate some clothes and that's all. No, but I'm giving this life that I can accumulate something that's in the life to come. So Paul looked and said, what things was gained of me? Then we find number two, Paul looked within, Paul looked within himself. So I'm looking within himself. He saw what, what, what was gained to me after all of this stuff. Then Paul began to say that he had had problems with himself. He moves on to say, he says, I, I am going forth now and I realize that I have to seize or I have to apprehend something. Amen. Do you see yourself having to seize? Is there a mandate in your life that you got to seize and apprehend something? Amen. You got to see something in your life because when you get that job, guess what? That job disappoints you. And you get all of this stuff only to find out they can satisfy you so far, but they can't completely satisfy you. So when Paul looked at himself, Paul said, I'm not satisfied with Paul. There have to be something that I can, that I can apprehend. It means now that I have to pursue to seek eagerly with enthusiasm. Uh, David said when he came to church, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He didn't have to have an undertaker to bring him to church. Hallelujah. So we, he said, enter into his courts with what? Amen. And so we should come in. But, but, but we, we, we come in some kind of way. We, we've gotten into church, but we don't want to just stop there. We want to have something on the inside of us, a fire that's burning on the inside of us. I got some more to accomplish. Tell your neighbor, I got more to accomplish than this. All right. So he says, I'm pursuing it 
with eagerness and with enthusiasm. I'm looking for something better than what I have already been able to, amen, receive so far. Got to be something better than this. But he looks around at himself and he says, amen, uh, after all of this that I want, uh, he looks at himself and he sees that he can't do it by himself. But he also sees that God has put there possibility. Can the church say possibility? Uh, say it to yourself, it's possible for me to achieve it. It is possible for me to have it. It's possible. They say it is possible. He says, oh, that's the thing that keeps us moving on from one stage to the other. Yeah, I try and fail. I, 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 I try to make it, but I didn't make it. But I'm not going to let the devil, amen, make me think it's impossible. I, I, I believe in the possibility of God. I, I believe I can achieve this mark in Christ Jesus. This mark, amen, that will make me feel more satisfied with myself than I felt. I, I can get the prayer right. I can get the fasting right. I can get the seeking right. I can get the witnessing right. I, I can do it. There is possibility. So he sees here the possibility that he has. Number three, we see that Paul, amen, looked forward in his life. He looked in the past. He looked at the present. And now he looks uh, uh, in his future. And this is what I want you to do today. Stop looking in the past. But uh, forgetting, so he says here, forgetting the things that are behind you. When Paul says forgetting the things that are behind you, uh, he's not saying that you're not going to remember being in the club. He's not, gonna, he's not saying that you're not going to forget the person that hurt you real badly. You're not going to forget that person, a man that betrayed you at the worst of time. But what Paul is saying, when I forget the things that are behind me, Paul is saying, I am not going to have these things to influence my life right now. So what he's saying is, yes, I had a whole lot of stuff. And I look at the people sometimes in God who can't go on to their future because they are being influenced by their past. Yes, somebody hurt you, so get over it. Let's move on. Don't let a pain in the past stop you from the glorious future that's ahead of you. Don't let what somebody said about you stop you from pursuing and becoming an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, or a helper. Whatever it is that God has called you to be, don't let nobody stop you from becoming that. Don't be so influenced. But Paul said, yes, all of this stuff happened to me, but I refuse to let the stuff that happened to me in my past influence my presence. Because what the devil wants you to do is spend your time thinking, amen, about how many times you've fallen. But uh, I got to think about how God raised me up. He wants me to start thinking about how far I got to go. But in the midst of that, I got to remember how far I've come. Anybody in the building that know I might not be where I want to be but 
thank God I'm not where I used to be. So when I look and I think about how, 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 how for God has bought me, I can't get to the place where I'm intoxicated with my past. Yes, I got a long way to go, but honey, I've come a long ways. I knew where I used to be, but God had bought me a mighty long way, so I can't stay in my past, and he wants to make you think about what you haven't done, but you got to remember what you have done. Hallelujah. So the devil wants to keep you negative 24-7, but I got to remember how far I've come. I got to remember, I might not got my testimony right, but I was able to tell Sister Floss on the other day that Jesus loved me. I might not be able to tell it like Paul and Silas, but I told them something. Hallelujah, glory to God. He, he want me to think about a man hell, but I got heaven ahead of me. I got more stuff ahead of me than I got in my past. And Paul said this, I'm forgetting the things that are behind me. I'm not going to let pain in the past influence my present. I'm going to forget those things that are behind me because I got to apprehend I'm running ahead. Amen. And Paul said I got to go ahead and number one the thing he want to go ahead for he said that I may win Christ. I know Christ have won me but I, I, I want to win Christ anybody want to win Christ he won me you know how it is sometimes boys and girlfriends you know how it is when I first met Sylvia amen I met her and uh, several people because I was a country boy they called me what they would call a country hick and this uh, woman from the city they said, well, hey amen, you'll never have her. But I always had a little bit of confidence. I felt if I could just bet my eyes just right and do certain things, I was going to win her. And sometimes you see the winning is on one side, but I don't want this thing to be a one-sided winner. He won me. I got to win Christ. Anybody want to win Christ? Christ and winning Christ I got to push ahead I can't stay where I am he said that I made to win Christ the second thing he wanted to do he said that I might know him you think you know him you don't know him yet hallelujah but I want to know God and you cannot know God without having experience the word in the Greek is konosko which means I got to knowing by experience I got the experience and things about God I haven't experienced it yet but I'm moving on the next thing the number three he said that I may be found in him I not only want to find him I want to be found in Christ so I don't care where I am you know where I am they say I don't know where he is but I know he's in Christ he's deep in Christ then number four he said that I may know the power of his resurrection I got 
to know the power of what it means to be raised from death into the supernatural power of the almighty God. And then let me move down here a little bit further. Number five, that I may know the fellowship of his suffering. This is where a lot of people get off because I want to have the good time, but I don't want to have the suffering. But there has to come a time in your life when you get joy because you've been rejected for the name of Jesus. But today I find everybody in church is trying to fit in. Everybody want everybody to like them. The world have the church, amen, have become so worldly until you can't define the church from the world. But there used to be a time back there, Barbara, amen, when we rejoice when we could come to church and say on my job they didn't let me come to the party and we be shouting in circles but now we are at the place until we are sad because the world is not letting us in their circles I can remember when I was going to school amen I was a young boy but they used to have what they called the sock hop but I was one of those sanctified Filled with the Holy Ghost. And I remember at 14 years of age, had my Bible with me everywhere I went. I had my Bible. And uh, the teachers would come to me and say, well, you know, you're too young, son. I said, no, I'm not too young. I know Jesus. And I thought I was really intelligent then. I said, the only reason I'm coming to this this school is because the law make me to come because I don't need y'all to teach me nothing I got the Holy Ghost that teach me everything Lord have mercy but amen I thought I had it down and I was 14 years old so time moved on and uh, but at 18 they made me the chat the, the class chaplain and uh, amen I moved on from there and I came out into life and uh, after a while they had a uh, they had a class reunion and when they had the class reunion James Harris of 14 had matured into the bishop James Harris but I had not complimented my stain I didn't fit into their society but I was fitting into Jesus but we I rejoice that I won't in their gang I sanctified my Myself through the truth which is the word of God and what the church need to do is start sanctifying yourself that I may be found in him that I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering amen we can't know this fellowship until we are filled with the spirit and let God lead us sometime into suffering number uh, six that I may attend unto the resurrection from among the dead. How many of y'all want to get up from the grave when you finish? Look, if time lasts, all of us going by the way of the grave. Problem is getting up. I may get up a little bit late now, but I want to get up late then. If you wake up on the second alarm, you know how we set the alarm and snooze? Honey, if you snooze, you lose. You got to get up on the first alarm. 
For the dead in Christ shall rise and we shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. But if you die without Christ, the first trumpet will sound. Then the second trumpet. When the second trumpet sound, anybody that awake during the second trumpet are going to be eternally lost. So we got to know him in the power of his resurrection. Fellowship of his suffering. I made a tendon to the resurrection. Then Paul said, that I may to apprehend that for which also I am apprehended. I want God to be pleased in my life. I don't want him just to possess me. I want to possess him. I want to be so filled with Christ till we are inseparable, so filled with him. But what happened to us, we get in church, we get in church politics, and the worst hurt you're going to have is hurt in church. But I don't care who in church hurts you. Don't let that influence your life right now. Amen? A charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. A never dying soul to save. That's fitted for the sky. We are marching up to Zion beautiful city of God. So I don't care how many people that have hurt you in church. You're, you're not the only one that's been hurt in church. Don't let somebody hurt you in the church stop you from becoming the preacher that you ought to be. Talk to me now. Don't let somebody hurt you in church stop you from being the teacher that you ought to be. What do you mean? Because if you live in it, that means not only do they hurt you one time, they keep on hurting you. I'm going to get even with you. I'm going to forgive you and stop hurting. I'm going to stop the pain, and I'm moving on without pain. See, I can't control what you do, but I can control what I do, all right? I'm not going to let you have that kind of power and influence on my life. Do me a favor. Just look back right now and say, I'm not going to let you have no power and influence on my life. Now, you're not talking about the people behind you. You're talking about your past. You're talking about the things that have did you up, things that have hurt you, things that have messed you up. You can look over your shoulder right now and say, I'm not going to let it affect my future. No, sir. It didn't hurt me one time. I'm moving on to my future. Now, my, if character can be built, character can be changed. Let me say that again. If character can be built, character can be changed. Some of us don't have no good character. We are known as runners. We are known as quitters. But I can change that character. I can become a bold witness for Jesus Christ. Because if, if you can build it, I can change it. How many of y'all want to be, I want to become like God want me to be. I want my character to be just like God want me to be. Yes, I was that, but no, I'm changing this stuff now. I'm going to be like a Gideon that didn't know who he was until the angel said, thou mighty man of God. He looked around and said, who, me? Yes, you. Not only that, but you're going to take that little bit that you got, and I'm going to, take a, I'm going to get rid of most of that, and you're going to still get the job done. Amen. Look somebody in the eye right now saying, get, I got enough. They'll smack their hands so that they know that you've been connected with them. Say, I got enough. 
Tell him, I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to get the job done. Come on, smack him again. Now, on the hand now. Tell him again, say, I'm going to take what I got and I'm going to get the job done. Y'all mean that? Y'all mean that? The only way you're going to do it, you're going to have to look forward. You can't keep looking back. Some of y'all in here mad with me now. You mad with me because I laid you out 10 years ago and you still mad. Don't look for me to change. You're going on change. Too much, too much price been paid for you. When you got something that's precious, and when something gets wrong with it, you fix it. I had a watch here, and, and the watch didn't keep time. So I can't just set it. These kind of watches here, you got to put them in the shop, and they got to stay in there for a while to check them out. So if you got something that's valuable, I just mess with y'all. If you got something that's valuable, you fix it. You don't throw it away. Your life is valuable. Your relationship with Jesus is valuable. So the thing didn't keep time, and I just put it in the shop. But I couldn't go back 24 hours and pick it up. Why? They had to leave it in the shop to calibrate it, to make sure the time was right. So I had to leave it in the shop for, I don't know, a good little while. Then I went back and picked it up, but then it was right. So that means sometimes you are going to have to go in the shop because you got to be recalibrated. What you mean, preacher? Sometimes you're going to have to lay low for a while. Oh, God, hallelujah. But, but when I lay low, I'm not going to be acting all indifferent and all the other kind of stuff. So, so, so why are you not? I, I'm just laying low. And as soon as I get calibrated, I'm coming back out again. Lord, have mercy. So sometimes you might have to lay low for a little while, but then I'm coming out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm too valuable to throw it away. If it was a Timex, I just throw it away. But when you get good stuff, you can't throw it away. You got to fix it. Tell them I'm too good to throw away. Say it, y'all. Say it. Say, I'm too good to throw away. I got to be recalibrated, but I can't throw it away. Too much invested. Is God good? You are valuable. Tell the person next to you, you are valuable. 